Good Wednesday evening, everybody. Welcome to the John Henry Show. I am, of course, your host, John Henry from JohnHenry.us, and we have got a hell of a show lined up for you tonight. Uh, I know my color's a little off. I'm still fighting the old battle with the equipment. That's the way it goes uh, when you are doing everything as an independent creator, which is what I am and what I do. So please, um, before we get rolling, please don't forget, like, share, subscribe, comment, tell everybody what's going on. We are going to get into some pretty heavy stuff tonight. Uh, because it is time to stop playing around uh, with uh, with our country. Uh, the uh, results of last night's primary were disappointing, to say the least, uh, to anybody who actually cares about you know what's happening and and uh, you know people on the streets and people starving and all that stuff. And we are going to get real deep tonight in ways that you can push back against that. Uh, before we get too far into it, though, just want to take a quick check of the news. And uh, we can see, let's see, the NCAA says that their tournament is going to be uh, no crowds. And uh, let's see, we've got uh, multiple uh, college campuses closing down all over the country. School systems are starting to uh, close entirely uh, until further notice or for several weeks at a time. My own alma mater, Western Michigan University, uh, just released a thing saying that they were going to end classes uh, for a period of time. I haven't even seen the article on that because I have been working real hard today on uh, some other things. But yeah, um, some of you uh, who uh, may be watching this and are also on my, my social media uh, and, and have privacy access, um, I told all of you about a week and a half ago, where this was going, I gave you numbers, and I told you what was going to happen, and I told you how it was going to happen, and I told you the government was going to be prepared for it, I told you the hospitals weren't going to be prepared for it, and now you are seeing exactly how that's going to play out. So I hope that you all paid attention and uh, got yourselves prepared uh, to uh, possibly be sitting at home for a couple of weeks and, uh, you know, sitting this thing out and, and waiting to see how it plays out. Uh, apparently Donald Trump is going to be on the air tonight, but fuck him, you can watch me because there's a lot better information here than you're going to get from that idiot. So uh, we are going to move directly in here. I want to uh, show you a little something that I have got set up and I'm going to take myself off screen and show you this and let's get back over to my browser window so you can see the right thing. Here we go. So this is the page that is linked in the description of this show and this is what we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, this is not a short document and this is not a short conversation. Um, this is a, a thing that we need to, to get on and get serious about and get understood because the bottom line folks is that we are being buffaloed badly by propaganda, by propagandists, uh, by, uh, the major media, by the minor media, by inauthentic social media accounts, by artificially constructed narratives, and it's working and it has to stop and it has to stop right now. Uh, and I am going to teach you today how to stop it. So, uh, moving right along, we're going to start, I'm not going to read this thing line by line. I'm sure you're all quite capable of reading and clicking on a link, but the whole, the whole focus is combating artificial narratives in social media. 
related to the Sanders candidacy. And we have seen this. I'm sure all of you have seen this. You've all seen the, the excuses that people make. And, and uh, frankly, I think a lot of them are not authentic. Uh, and I think uh, even those that are authentic are often badly misinformed, misguided, misdirected, um, and uh, just don't have uh, their own best interests at heart. So we are going to talk about this first by understanding... Uh, how this happened and how this set up. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of talk about oh the DNC is trying to you know rig the election and and this and that or maybe it's the GOP and this Operation Chaos where apparently a bunch of registered Republicans are going out and voting for Joe Biden in, in uh, Democratic primaries to try to set him up to lose to Trump, which he almost certainly will. Uh, so let's let's talk about realities. Uh, I don't deal in conspiracy theories. I deal in observable realities. And so let's talk about the observable reality. How did we do this? How did the DNC set this up so far? So first you set up a huge field of candidates. Uh, and and it, you do that to make it very difficult for any one candidate to gain a clear advantage and to be heard above all the noise. Then as the field narrows with public support failing to materialize behind certain candidates and materializing behind others, you, you let a small group of third-tier folks uh, sort of gain support, or, or second-tier in this case, because going into this primary, Sanders was the only one with a clear, uh, you know, front-runner status. Um, so you you allow some minor candidates to to gain some support, uh, you know, enough to get into a debate, 10-15% of polling, etc., etc., let the front runner get a little comfortable. Let him win a couple, right? Keep building these dishonest narratives, uh, and eventually the front runner is going to lose to somebody. And uh, you know, I again saw that coming uh, weeks ahead of time. Uh, I told everybody long before the South Carolina primary, don't expect Sanders to win it. Uh, fully expect the media to immediately begin constructing a narrative of, oh, Sanders has lost his momentum and Biden is surging, and blah, and that's exactly what they did. Okay. That is exactly what they did. Um, and I really do get tired of hearing myself play this horn uh, as much as you do. But, folks, I'm right an awful lot of the time. And I've predicted a lot of this stuff coming, not because it's a prediction, but because I can see it. Okay? Um, and, and now it's it's important now. Uh, this is no longer about me just sitting here arguing with you about uh, what can easily be misconstrued as, as ego or, uh, you know, a desperate need for attention or am I trying to gain traffic to my website, okay? Uh, that's that's just not where we are anymore. Uh, this is a, an existential moment uh, in our country's history, and if we don't play this right and if we don't get out and fight for everything we can, we're going to lose it. Um, American democracy is very much in peril right now, and the only thing that can save it is us. Straight up. Uh, there's no mincing words here. I'm not going to play games. So anyway, how did this all happen? I mean, they've got the, the narrative built up and, and, and pre-canned and prefabricated. And uh, then, of course, you know, that uh, that uh, frontrunner eventually loses a primary. Then they identify their new surge candidate. And they, they become the party favorite. So in, that case, in this case, it was Joe Biden, right? And so immediately shift narratives to support your party favorite while downplaying the successes of the outsider candidate and all that other good stuff. Support all the narratives with mass media and social media compliance gaining tactics, which we've talked about many times on this show, right? And one of the big, big tools that I'm seeing deployed this time around is this, uh, this artificial appearance of uh, social media support uh, or, or more to the point, social media opposition uh, to Bernie Sanders, okay? 
once that third that uh, party favorite has been identified, so now you have Joe Biden, now you start pressuring those third-tier candidates to drop out with promises of rewards if they throw their support to the party favorite, right? I'm not saying that anybody got into the race with that intent, but I am saying that at some point over the last few weeks, somebody in the Democratic Party has very carefully approached a bunch of people and said, hey, look, why don't you go ahead and drop on, go ahead and put your votes behind Joe Biden, and then when he wins, we'll get you a nice cabinet position or something, or or we'll, uh, you know, make sure we get some congressional appropriations to your favorite thing, or we'll get you on the right committees or whatever, right? And people buy that, and and they, they, they take that bait and they go for it, and you have seen that happen. Uh, again, You've got the, you know, Michael Bloomberg, who's throwing money left and right, trying to uh, eliminate Bernie Sanders. And, and you've got Klobuchar and uh, Pete Buttigieg, who both did exactly what I just said, drop out right before Super Tuesday, right? Right before Super Tuesday, because Biden is surging. And you create, again, this artificial sort of picture of this united front. And, and we'll talk about party unity later on, uh, if I manage to get to it, because this is going to be, uh, this is a very in-depth thing. So, uh so again, you immediately shift the narratives to support your party favorite, which they hadn't been doing until South Carolina, right? Once Biden won South Carolina, then all of a sudden he was the fair-haired boy. That's when we start hearing about what a great guy old Uncle Joe is, right? And and uh, the other candidates start to uh, cut away from that and move it. And uh, so now you've got a, a win and you have this narrative built up of a surge for Biden and the people have spoken. Uh, and and uh, of course, the, the mainstream media and, and much of the commentary on social media just continues to ignore the prior successes of Sanders in the primaries. You send proxies out to speak in favor of the party candidate. Uh, this has been especially effective, and I hate to say this uh, because there's no way to say it that it doesn't make me sound terrible, but it's been really, really effective in uh, the uh, the uh, the black community, right? Uh, they get a couple of people, and they do this, and they do that, and they say, hey, go out and endorse this guy, and they go out and endorse this guy, okay? And uh, that is not to say that the black community is particularly susceptible to manipulation. What it is to say is that they're also not exempt from it, um, and uh, especially, you know, in in the Caucasian circles in which I uh, I uh, have uh, been a, a part uh, and have observed, um, the people tend to have this notion of uh, ethnic minorities as like this sort of hive mind, and they have this sort of mystical sub, uh, you know, instinctual gut level feeling about people, and so on and so forth. That can be manipulated too, and it has been, and it is being manipulated. Uh, so you've got your proxies out. You continue to work to undermine the confidence in the leading candidate, right? Ramp up the negativity coming into Super Tuesday. Tell it, oh, he can't win, and people don't want a revolution, and oh, he's too radical, and socialism, socialism, so all, all that stuff, right? You really start that, all that stuff started hitting hard the weekend before the Super Tuesday primary. So keep circulating those those easily repeatable bullet points. My favorite one, boy, do I hate this. Vote blue, no matter who. Vote blue. Everybody that repeats that is sending a message loud and clear to the Democratic Party that they don't care. That they will take whatever they're given. They will do whatever they're told. You just tell me who to vote for that isn't Donald Trump and we'll do it. And that is a dangerous, dangerous message to send to the Democratic Party because now they think that they have that power, right? They don't need to care anymore about Sanders supporters because they can tell you who you're going to vote for and you'll just go, okay. 
that is the message of vote blue no matter who and of course it's nice and it's poetic and it's it's you know uh, compact and elegant and so it spreads like wildfire and pretty soon everybody's repeating it no it doesn't work uh, continue to suppress turnout and enthusiasm for progress, right? Continue to tell people, oh, you know, universal health care is just a pipe dream. Universal higher education can't be done. We can't do that. The country's too big. How are we going to pay for it? On and on and on. Discourage people who want real change. Run their enthusiasm down. Make them stop being so excited. Make them stop being so ready to change things, right? Keep pushing these narratives that tell them that they can't win or that they're on a fringe or that they're socially accepted so they'll shut up and they'll back off right then claim preemptive victory which is where we're at right now right already everybody's just decided that joe that uh, joe biden has has won uh, the uh, the democratic nomination when the fact is they don't even have half of the delegates uh voted for yet right uh, there are still, uh, what, 53% or something of, of the delegates that are still up for grabs. Uh, some of them have not been assigned. Others are still uh, assigned to candidates who are no longer in the race. And there's a lot of questions as to what's going to be known with those. Some counts are not complete yet, et cetera, et cetera. But we've got to push this. Oh, Biden's winning. He's got this, man. He's got it. It's time to give up. It's time to go home. Oh, man. Everybody be disappointed. We tried real hard, guys, but did our best. But we're not going to make it this year. Well, horse shit bullshit that is a lie that is being fed to you to make you quit don't buy it right and then of course the the last step is is uh, just ensuring that, that enthusiasm and momentum uh for the popular candidate is uh sapped because guess what kids there is a debate coming up and it is a one-on-one -on -one debate uh with uh, bernie and joe on a stage together asking each other questions having conversations talking about issues and joe biden has always been a gaffe machine okay the guy does not perform well in front of a live audience that's just all there is to it um, and he is uh, not going to do well in the upcoming debate. He's going to get his ass handed to him. And so what the Democratic Party needs to do if they want to preserve his lead and preserve the oligarchy that's feeding them is they have to try to destroy Sanders' candidacy before this debate happens. Because once this debate happens, if Sanders does a good job and they're not able to somehow preemptively suck away the energy from his campaign, he's going to end up pulling away in these primaries that are coming up and doing a much better, you know, uh, showing much better than he had previously after he wins the next debate. And then all of a sudden they've got a problem on their hands. So... We need to understand the techniques of disinformation. We need to understand some of the mechanics here. And I don't have the time, and you probably don't have the inclination to sit here listening to me try to impart my four years of college education in, in communication and political science and my lifetime of work uh, as an activist uh, in a one-hour show. I get that, okay? But we got to hit the high points. you got to understand uh, some of the stuff that's going on. In this election cycle, we are seeing an unprecedented level of inauthentic behavior on social media, okay? There are, I mean, like I said, I, I'm an admin over at, I love to uh, wake up in the morning when Barack Obama was president, and easily 40% of the people leaving comments on that page are, at best, real human beings that have been sucked in by propaganda, uh, and many of them are most likely, you know, Democratic Party workers, campaign workers, people working in boiler rooms, people who are literally paid to go out and leave comments and, and direct conversation in the way that the people paying them want it to go, okay? Every time somebody posts something on on that page that is critical of Joe Biden, it's an outrage outbreak immediately. That's not an accident. There's 200,000 people on that page, and if you think nobody's watched that, you're nuts. Okay? 
If you think the Democratic Party doesn't know that page exists and that there's people on it, and that it's potentially a place where support can coalesce around Sanders, you're not paying attention, right? So they craft an artificial appearance of social approval of these opinions that are selected, you know, the, the, the propagandist opinions that they want out there. Uh, and then these unethical actors can, can manipulate uh, the public into repeating them. And then they don't even need to have the bots and the trolls out there, right? Because a certain segment of the population is going to buy into this crap automatically and start repeating it and do their work for them. Right. So you create a bunch of social media pages and groups and other resources that that look on the surface like they are supporting Bernie Sanders. Right. And I, I've joined a, a ton of them. Right. Just to watch what's going on. Uh, and some of them are authentic. Some of them aren't. But so uh, how do you target your people, right? How do you get their attention? Well, the same way you would if you were doing it for real. You pick a name, a blah, 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 you know, insert social group for Sanders 2020 is what I've written in the article. And they need to find that social group, whether it's Christians or Muslims or blacks or whites or teachers, Native Americans, Utahns, Californians, progressives, liberals, Democrats, whatever, right? Make a group, make an identity that people will attach themselves to. Oh, hey, I'm a liberal. Oh, hey, I'm a progressive. We've talked about this before. Liking. Remember Cialdini. So one of the things that this accomplishes right off the top is you have this, this uh, artificial attraction to Sanders base. And the problem is they're also readily confused with authentic groups, right? With people who really are just starting pages and starting groups because they dig the hell out of Bernie Sanders. And so this has the benefit for the propagandists, not only of creating these these fake information sinks, but also they're they're kind of hitting the grassroots organizers over the head and saying, hey, you can't win because we're going to be one step ahead of you all the way. We're going to continue stealing your techniques and, and deploying them as weapons against your cause by pretending to be you. And so people get disheartened. They walk away. Um... Yeah, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but I've watched it happen, and it happened in the last election. Um, so, uh, rather than trying to, you know, teach a a, a third year of a bachelor's degree uh, in one hour, let's go ahead and talk about uh, some of the uh, key points here. Identifying inauthentic behavior. Uh, is something that can be incredibly difficult uh, in the field, especially in just a single exchange. Um, Somebody like me, I've got a, a lot of experience dealing with trolls and stuff online. I've been online since before there was an internet. Um, and, and even back on Fidonet, you could see uh, some of these people who do the, you know, they, they, they go to the same techniques. They go to the same tactics. And a lot of it goes back to, to a lot of the gaslighting and manipulation stuff that I've talked about in other shows, right? Um, the, 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 the number one thing always is social approval. And then you go with fear. Well, if you vote for Bernie Sanders, Trump wins. And, combine them. Well, if you vote for Bernie Sanders, you're voting for Trump. And now we can get everybody else to pile in on you too. And oh my God, okay, I'll vote for Biden. Right? It's manipulation. Uh, and, and so, uh, they create these artificial and inauthentic narratives in in places and in ways that they attack directly the fears of of what I call the soft Sanders supporters, the people who who like 
Bernie's message and who like his ideological goals, but they're afraid they're going to lose public approval. They're afraid he can't win the election. They believe some of these false narratives. And so they're hesitant. And, and that makes them an easy target, right? So you start saying these things around them and then they start repeating, well, I guess you're right. I'm going to have to go ahead and vote for Joe Biden. I really like Bernie, but, and away we go. And now again, you're doing the propagandist work for them and you don't even realize it. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, he'll be hamstrung by blah, blah, all that stuff, right? So because of that, as a default position, you can only, if you're going to engage with, with these people, if you're going to have these conversations, and you need to be having these conversations, if you support Bernie Sanders, you need to be having these conversations, okay? And so uh, because it can be so difficult to to be sure that you're dealing with an inauthentic actor from their first contact, you have to go from a default position of treating them as though they're legitimate and it's a real human being that really believes in what they're saying. You're going to find out, like I said, 40 to 60% of the time minimum, you're going to find out that they aren't and they'll reveal themselves in time. But you have to start the conversation as though it's an authentic conversation between two human beings who have a difference of opinion. Uh, and, and one of the things that you'll pick up on right away, inauthentic actors are the ones they're going to double down. They're going to triple down. They're just going to stick to their guns no matter what. And you say, you know, um, Bernie Sanders can't get elected. And so you pull out, you know, 75 polls that show him beating Donald Trump uh, versus, you know, three or four polls that don't and go, well, pff, looks to me like he can win. And so they're going to go back and they're going to try another tactic and they're going to keep sticking with that point and keep trying to drive it home because that's the script that they're working on. Right. And once you get to somebody who is doing that through a series of three or four or five exchanges, then, you know, at that point, you can pretty safely just walk away because you're not dealing with somebody who who is genuinely involved in a conversation. You're dealing with either a troll uh, who who is just trying to find a fight and waste your energy or you're dealing with an inauthentic actor whose interest is only in repeating their message and making other people believe it rather than having any kind of a meaningful conversation uh, about the relative merits of the candidates. Right. There is no uh, ironclad way to identify a fake or a troll or a poser on site. There just isn't. Facebook is locked down too tight. I mean, it used to be I'd use that. A lot of times you could look at the message headers and go, oh, hey, wait a minute. You're posting from some local ISP in, you know, Knoxville, Tennessee, and there's a guy there that's been hassling me for years, so I know that you're just a sock puppet for that guy. You don't have those tools on Facebook because you don't have access to that information, right? Um so, again, you have to start off by treating them that they're as though they're, you know, completely authentic. Most of them are going to reveal themselves as fakes within a short conversation, uh, usually no more than three exchanges. And, you know, when you hear that voice going, boy, this, this really seems like somebody who's trying to waste my time, uh, then you're probably right. So, uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead because I'm working back. I've got, ah, uh, yes, Mr. Jeff is here. Hello, Jeff. How are you? Good to see you, my friend. Thanks for the comments. Um, yeah, I'm sure that's, that's, uh, yeah, Christian left, uh, is see, and that's a great, I, it's a great example of what I was talking about before in terms of the naming conventions, right? You try to target your audience. Um, and as far as I know, that's an authentic page. I can't speak for its users. Uh, but, but it's, uh, you know, you're part of a group and your group is expected to identify in this way and to act in this way and to behave in this way and believe in these things. And so people who maybe quietly really don't, 
keep their mouth shut because they don't want to be targeted, right? Nobody wants to put up with, with the kind of shit that you're talking about, this bombardment of angry people coming at you. I don't want to put up with it, and I have to put up with it on my page. I, I had it today, and, you know, in some cases, people that have been reading the page for, you know, four, five, six, seven years that now all of a sudden they find out that they haven't heard a single word that I've said, you know, and it's pretty frustrating, and I don't think it's unintentional sometimes. You know, I think some of those folks um, are sitting around biding their time waiting for a moment like this, which is sad uh, and says a whole lot of uh, things that they probably would rather not about their lives. But uh, in the meantime, in the meantime, let's let's talk about uh, some specific talking points. Um, and I went through and I even looked back into some old messages and old comments to find these consistent bullet points that keep getting hit. And I want to talk to you real quick about ways to push back against those specific arguments. Okay. Um, so the, the big thing, of course, the big, the big, uh, the big uh, bullet point is, uh, well, Bernie Sanders can't win. Bernie Sanders was winning just fine until people started believing that narrative. Okay. Uh, and he can continue to win. Do not lose hope, all right? We all want a better nation, uh, including those folks that are out there and, and really just genuinely, I think, well, you know, I think that going the middle of the road is the safer route. Well, I mean, they're wrong, but they're still after the same thing that you and I are, right? We all want to live in a nice country. We all want to have nice things. We all want to be able to enjoy our leisure time or at least have some. None of us wants to work three jobs. None of us wants to live in a nation of sick idiots. Uh, and, and so, you know, keep that in mind, but also keep in mind that this is, this is a manufactured talking point. This idea that Bernie Sanders can't win the election is bullshit. Um, he has polled, uh, nearly every po poll published in the last six months, uh, that involves a Sanders versus Trump head to head matchup. He wins by a substantial margin, you know, uh, outside of the margin of error, uh, even among largely Republican and right-wing audiences like Fox News um, and, and uh, you know, some other sites like that. So the idea that Bernie can't win, I understand where people get that idea because that's what everybody's saying. But everybody, first of all, a lot of everybody is is not authentic. These are not authentic information sources and these are not people that really believe what they're saying. They're saying it because that's what they're paid to say or they think it's in their interest to say it, which is a very different thing. Okay. Um, but also it was just never true, never has been, uh, the most damage that has been done to, uh, the Sanders campaign has been done by the machinations of the democratic party. Um, so the next big bullet point, socialism, oh my God, socialism, the American people will never vote for socialism. Well, uh, first of all, if you're under 40, that's a laughable argument. Okay. Um, if you're over 40 and you remember the, uh, you know, the cold war, uh, and that's part of your living memory. Uh, as an adult, um, then, uh, you know, you were probably brought up in an environment where words like socialism and communism were thrown around as these big scary boogeyman terms. But the reality is, is they, in the United States of America, almost everything we do is socialized in one way or the other. The police, the military, your fire departments, libraries, the National Institutes of Health, the CDC, right? The standardization, right? We all run on 110 volt household electrical current in this country. That is a government thing that is a regulation put in place by the government for the public benefit socialism 
right? And we all pay the price for that. Electrical contractors have to buy their electrical outlets that are formed in a certain way with the two tongs and the, the ground plug. Right? I keep looking over to my right because there's one on the floor. Um, all of that stuff, okay? That is socialism. The roads that you drive on are socialism, right? Public roads are socialism, period. Except for toll roads, which is half socialism, half capitalism. Socialism for taxpayers and capitalism for the, uh, well, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say, right? Socialized medicine is the norm in the developed world. Okay, and and the punditry in this country and the the ownership class and their lick spittles and lackeys just love to act like, oh, my God, socialized medicine. That's so radical. We can't possibly horseshit. That's bullshit. Socialized medicine is the norm in most of the world today. Now, there are nations out there that have like supplemental private insurance plans as well to pay for elective procedures like cosmetic surgery and things like that, right? That's the way Finland operates. I know for sure. Had long conversations with Finnish people uh, in Finland who were born and raised there who explained this to me in great depth, right? They have a national healthcare system. And if you want to buy a supplemental policy, so in case you want to get some cosmetic work done or you want to get something done that's not really medically necessary but is a elective medical procedure that is what private insurance is for in those countries right these uh the, the wait time thing nonsense right this is again you can anybody can cherry pick an anecdote which may or may not even be true right anybody can pick a little story out and try to use that to support their biases it's bullshit look at the numbers Talk to people you know in those countries, not Americans who spent three weeks there. It's the internet. We have access to these people. I have friends in almost every English-speaking country, well, in every English-speaking country on the planet, and a lot of them that aren't English-speaking, right? Um, I, I have friends in Belgium. I have friends in the Netherlands. I have friends in Finland and in Denmark and in Sweden and in the UK and in Canada, Australia, New Zealand, okay? This wait time thing is balls. It's not true, okay? You don't have to wait for critical care in these countries. This six-week, oh my God, I had to wait three and a half years after I had our... No, that's not true. It's a lie. Somebody is lying to you. They are not telling you the whole story. It just doesn't happen. Okay, um, same thing with the quality issues, right? Oh, man. well, you know, look at Cuba. Yeah, look at Cuba. They have a better medical system than we do. And by better, I don't mean it's shinier, and I don't mean it gets more press. I mean it's more effective. Their medical outcomes are better than ours. Period. That doesn't mean I love Fidel Castro. That doesn't mean I'm going to go shoot a gun into the air. That doesn't mean I'm going to go, you know, burn Congress. But it means that Cuba has a better healthcare system than we do. And we need to look at why that is. Why is that? Because they're not focused on profit. They don't have a board of directors sitting on the top of every hospital going, well, you know, we'd really love to be able to do these heart surgeries that our patients desperately need, but we just can't seem to figure out a way to make them profitable. That's why. Okay? And that's, you know, some of you may remember the, uh, the, uh, the 2000, what was 2008 when McCain and Palin ran and there was all this talk about death panels. Your insurance company is the death panel. 
They are the ones that sit there day after day after day making that decision whether, oh, well, you know, are you going to live or die? Well, can we afford to have you live? Is your premium high enough to justify us paying for you to live or not? That is a death panel, okay? So that can go out the window. Um, and by the way, if we had a proper universal single-payer healthcare system, we would not be waiting for some commercial enterprise to develop a profitable test for the coronavirus right now, okay? There are already countries that are doing these tests at industrial scale, and we don't because we don't have them because our healthcare industry hasn't figured out a way to make it profitable yet, okay? And this data is available. I didn't have time today to search out links and, and include them in this companion article that I wrote because I was busy writing the article. Uh, and, and all of this information is stuff that I have seen and read elsewhere multiple times. I haven't included anything that I thought was sketchy or iffy. You could find all this information. You know, the World Health Organization, the you know WHO, their website has information on healthcare outcomes across the world. Um, you know, you can read the news and hear about the uh, you know the uh, the tests that are available in South Korea and Japan and so on and so forth, right? Um, and of course, then you know going back to the socialism thing, you've got oh well, you know the Soviet Union and Red China and uh, Bernie Sanders actually did a really beautiful job of deconstructing that. Uh, hey, Kachina, uh, Sanders did a really really great job of deconstructing that. A uh, a couple of nights ago in a town hall on Fox because a woman stands up in the audience and, and made the claim that she was born and raised in Russia under a socialist system. He said, well, you may have been born and raised in Russia, but you weren't under a socialist system. You were under an authoritarian communist system, and that's a whole different thing. Okay? Uh, the Soviet Union was not socialist. The Nazis were not socialist. China is not socialist. Okay? These are autocratic, pseudo-communist nations. They are not socialist by any definition, okay? Um, and, and again, a lot of that, you know, harkens back to the people who are running everything right now because most of the people with the power and the stroke and the control are people, you know, of a certain age, say older than 45 or 50, uh, who, who still rely on that, that boogeyman. Oh, it's the socialism's gonna get you. The socialism is coming for you. And it worked for so long. They keep going back to that. Uh, and, and when I talk to people who are under 40, uh, they're like, yeah, give me some socialism. I need to eat. I need affordable housing. I need healthcare. Please. May I have socialism? Okay. So, uh, you can knock that one down fairly quickly and fairly easily with just a little bit of research. Like I said, I included the link in the description of this live stream. I'm going to do it again when I republish the edited copy later on and try to get this out there. But I'm going to leave that article up on my website so that you can go back and refer to it. Take notes, copy and paste it. Use it, right? It's long. There's a lot of information there, but use it. You know, I put a lot of time and energy into this. Went 70000 to probably 85000 now in debt uh, with the interest uh, to acquire this information, and I'm sharing it with you for free. So, you know, use it, please. Um, so let's move on to the next thing. All right. Well, I saw in the media, uh, you know, they said on CNN, and they, they, they said on MSNBC, well, those certainly aren't any bastions. Of, you know, it's not like it's Fox News. Well, here's the reality again for you folks. Maybe some of you are aware of this. Maybe some of you aren't. It, I'm going to go through it anyway. The mainstream media in the United States is owned by six companies. Six companies. 
you've got Time Warner, you got Disney, you got News Corp, which is Rupert Murdoch, you got Bertelsmann AG in Germany, you have Viacom, which I think is now French. Uh, they own most of the cable channels, and then Sinclair Broadcast Group owns most of the local TV stations, right? Sinclair Broadcast Group is the same uh, outfit that foisted the uh, the Swift Boat Veterans for Truth on us back in 2004 that hosed John Kerry's presidential campaign, right? Um Every single one of these companies has a vested interest in defeating Bernie Sanders, okay? Every single one of them. The people that sign Anderson Cooper's paychecks, the people that sign Joe Scarborough's paychecks, Chris Matthews, Chris Hayes, Rachel Maddow, uh, uh, you know, all of these people work for companies with a vested interest in defeating Bernie Sanders. Why do they have a vested interest in defeating Bernie Sanders? Two big reasons. Number one, Sanders is pro-labor. Okay, now MSNBC and CNN are both owned by Comcast Cable Company, which Sanders has supported striking workers against in the past. Okay? Also, Bernie Sanders supports net neutrality. If you've been online for an extended period of time, then you know that net neutrality is the default operating status of the internet. Uh, uh, you know, uh, providers and relays and, and all of the, you know, technical stuff that's inside. Uh, it doesn't discriminate on content, right? Whether it's Fox News or JohnHenry.us or YouTube or, uh, you know, Pornhub or whatever, it all goes at the same speed, whatever speed the consumer is paying for right? It doesn't go at a faster speed because Pornhub paid for the fast lane. And that is what ending net neutrality will do, is it creates this, this fast lane for larger companies, and eventually sites like mine can't get through, right? The only way for me to continue running is for me to pay somebody to accelerate my traffic to you, uh, because we no longer have net neutrality. And that is a huge potential profit point for the companies that own the TV news, okay? Catch on. I'm telling you this stuff. It's not, I'm not making this shit up, man. This is, this is, it's all out there. You can find it yourself. Go search, right? Uh, the bottom line is, is that every single cable news channel in this country and most of your local news stations are owned and controlled by companies and people who have a vested interest in beating Bernie Sanders. And that vested interest is a bias, and that bias either is going to exist as a cash incentive, like the fast lane payments I was just talking about, or as social political incentives, like making access to information like this making it harder for you to hear me so you don't learn these things, me, as an example, right? So you don't learn this stuff and you don't hear the dissenting voices and you don't hear the counterculture voices because we can't afford to pay for a fast lane, right? So that takes care of the media. And then, then we start breaking into some of the smaller stuff. Like, well, we don't need a grumpy old man in the White House. Look, dude, there are three people in this race right now, and they're all grumpy old men. Do you want the one who's fighting for you, or do you want one of the two that's not? Very simple to deal with that, right? Nobody likes Bernie Sanders. I like Bernie Sanders just fine. Millions of Americans like Bernie Sanders. This idea that nobody likes Bernie Sanders is a bullshit narrative that comes out of Washington, D.C. with people who sit in committees and want him to play ball when he's not going to play ball. He wants to do the job for the people instead of selling us out. And that throws a monkey wrench into the works for the people who want to sell us out and want to get their personal, uh, you know, advancement and, and get their own uh, interests served while they pretend to serve the public interest. 
right? Oh, Congress won't work with Bernie Sanders. Well, they're not going to work with Joe Biden either. Okay? I mean, if you're assuming that there's going to be a Congress as opposed to Sanders, they're not going to work any better with Biden. With the exception of, right, any president's success with Congress is going to depend on the individuals that are serving Congress. If there's going to be compromise, then let's start compromising from a where we want to be instead of from a position that's already compromised, right? You've got, I love this, you know, and people are buying into it, which just boggles my mind, right? Joe Biden is out there talking about how he's going to win a big victory by getting us back to the compromised position we were in eight years ago with the ACA. The ACA was a compromise, kids. The original thing was universal single-payer health care. We couldn't get there. We compromised, Right? And now all of a sudden, just to get back to that compromise of being put so forth as some sort of bold initiative, horseshit. It's a game. You're being played, right? Not only that, but if, if, if Sanders wins the nomination, then all of a sudden you have an electorate who is supporting him who is no longer dragging their heels and feeling defeated. And, and you know, I've seen it and I've asked people and I've been watching Friends Walls and, and watching their conversation. People say, you know, I don't feel like my vote matters. Well, yeah, of course you don't. That's because you were, there's a gigantic machine trying to make you feel that way. Now all of a sudden Sanders gets the nomination, people start getting hopeful again and they get energized. And then all those down ticket folks, right? Like John Headley, who's running for, uh, for Fred Upton's seat here in the Michigan 6th district, which is my district. Right now, all of a sudden, his people are more excited and energized and they're ready to go because now they believe that he has a chance to win. Right. And that's really a huge part of the game, man, is just believing that there's the possibility of winning. And that's one of the reasons why that has been the major attack point of Sanders opponents throughout this entire circus. He can't win. He can't win. He can't win. Okay. Uh, you get Bernie Sanders into the White House and you vote for the most progressive down-ballot candidates that you can find, and you're going to end up with a Congress that works just fine with Bernie Sanders. And the same is true for any other candidate, right? If you really want Donald Trump in the White House, then you make sure you vote down-ballot for, you know, congressional uh, candidates and senatorial candidates who are aligned with Trump so that he can get his agenda through Congress. Works the same for any candidate. This idea, this, this argument, oh, Congress won't work with him, it's more political bullshit. It's an appeal to false intellect. Right? To pseudo-intellect. Everybody wants to feel like they're slick. Everybody wants to feel like they know the inside scoop. And those kind of narratives play into that. Right? Make you feel like you're smart. Oh, oh well, yeah. Yeah, I know what's going on, man. We'll elect him and then Congress won't let him do anything. I know how that works. You think you know how that works. Because somebody told you that's how that works. Right? And I'm not trying to be a condescending dick here, but... I have been out here for 35 years and counting. I spent my time in college learning how propaganda works. I finished my degree work, didn't finish the degree, but I finished all my classes for my communication major and my political science minor, okay? I am qualified to tell you these things. And I'm qualified to tell you these things in a way that most of the idiots you run into on the internet who think they are, aren't period. That's just the facts. Okay. Um, so moving on now, there's next, well, Bernie Sanders is too radical. The American people are it's too radical. There's absolutely nothing radical about catching up with the rest of the world, except for the fact that we have to, because we shouldn't be in this position in the first place. Right. 
What's radical is that we have allowed ourselves to decay so far and to fall so far behind. Right? I can go to I can attend university right now in Germany or in Finland and not pay tuition even without being a citizen. I can go there as an American citizen and attend their schools for free. But I can't attend mine here at home. Right? That's why I didn't finish my degree. I couldn't afford it. What's so radical about wanting healthy, educated people? Oh, that's not in the interests of the ownership class. And they are spending billions of dollars and taking advantage of the mendacity of some of your fellow citizens who really don't care. I'm getting paid. Fuck them. There's people like that out there. And the ownership class knows how to find them and knows how to put them to work for their interests. That's all there is to it, right? Uh, this this whole, you know, too radical thing. Just another boogeyman to make people afraid of positive progress. And it just doesn't hold up to reason. That's all there is to it, right? Can you just imagine, imagine, imagine Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, George Washington sitting around a table going, well, I think it's about time that we break away from from." England, uh, we've been serving as their colony, and they're you know we're paying taxes to them. We're getting no benefit from us. It's time to to strike for American independence. And everybody goes, well, God, that's awfully radical. Maybe we should negotiate. And believe it or not, that's what a lot of the population was saying at that time, right? Probably a third of the people in the United States colonies didn't want a revolution. It's too much trouble. Imagine if they had won, because that's the moment we're at in history right now. Okay? The other thing about radical, what's too radical, what isn't, uh, there's a there's a concept that, that uh, is becoming more and more trendy uh, here lately called the Overton Window. Okay? And the Overton Window is a, a, a political phenomenon where um, the fringe of one end of the spectrum continually moves and they drag the whole spectrum with them. And so what's been happening, I've, I've described this long before the Overton Window was even a thing, right? But so the right keeps moving farther and farther to the right. And then the moderate left wants to keep compromising. We've all got to get along. Let's have some unity. And they keep getting pulled off to the right, too. And now what passes for the left in this country is moderate centrism in the rest of the world because we've been yanked so far off to the right. And I hate to tell you, folks, but the right, that's that's fascism. That's where fascism goes and comes from. When government and business operate against the interests of the people together and they hold power and they hold eventually power that is autocratic and authoritarian, that's fascism. That's the Nazis. Okay? And that's where we're heading. And that's not just me saying that. That's not just one man's opinion. Political scientists all over the world have been saying this for years. We're not paying attention because we're also taught in this country to be highly anti-intellectual. Right? Oh, those ivory-towered academic know-it-alls. Yeah. People spend their lives trying to understand something. Maybe they know a little bit more about it than Bob on the internet. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Overton window, the continued shift there. That's we need to put the brakes on that. And the way to put the brakes on that is is just again stand up to it. Well, that's too radical. No, it's not. What's radical about wanting an educated and healthy population? That's what builds a strong nation. That's not fringe lunacy. That's basic logic, right? Uh, you know, and, and so again, uh, the American people don't want revolution. This came out of Biden's mouth the other night, but I've seen it before, right? Uh, maybe some of the American people don't. Uh, the American people who own corporations 
and are highly placed and are making millions upon millions upon millions of dollars a year and pay tens of thousands of dollars a plate to have a few minutes alone in a room or in a small group in a room with political candidates, they don't want a revolution because things are working fine for them. For the other 325 million of us, however, things are not working so great. And they're getting worse day by day. And man, I really don't want to believe that everybody's life is going to have to decay to the point of living some of the things that I've lived through before you're going to wake up and start caring about people, right? Again, I, I keep going over these numbers. Half a million people living on the streets. Two and a half million school kids every year report being homeless at some point. 87 million people have no or no meaningful access to health care. And meanwhile, you've got a candidate that's telling you that getting back to the compromise position we had eight years ago represents a victory. Come on. People don't want to change too quickly. Nonsense. We'll change just fine. We're changing real fast under this coronavirus thing, aren't we? Don't seem to be having a problem with that. We can change just fine, okay? And and for a lot of us, it's not even about whether or not we can change quickly. It's about whether we even have time to wait anymore. People are dying. People are dying in the streets of preventable illnesses, of poverty, of things that should not exist in this country, okay? That is happening right now. Right now. Somebody somewhere tonight is going to die because they're poor in the United States of America, probably more than one. <sighs> Bernie has no plan to get us there. Bullshit, go see his website. There's plans all over the place. Looks fine. Read the details. They are there. If you believe that, it's because you're choosing not to go look, right? Um, there's one last thing I want to hit. I got to cut out of here just a little bit early tonight, uh, and I'm going to uh, go into the rest of this page that I put together tomorrow as well. Um, but the last thing that I want to hit is uh, Sanders' medical condition. Oh, he's hiding information about his heart condition. How much information do you have about Joe Biden's health? Have you seen Joe Biden's medical records? Have you seen Donald Trump's medical records? No, of course you haven't. Stop. Again, this is an artificially constructed narrative because Sanders... Right? He says, yeah, I'll show you my medical records. Everyone, oh, man, we want to see every single throat scrape and, 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 and uh, splinter that you've been treated for since 1953. Balls. He's had three doctors come out and say he's fine to run and he's fine to serve. That's good enough for me. And I'm sure he'll make a wise vice presidential selection as well. So... Uh, I have an alarm going off uh, that I need to attend to, boys and girls, and I apologize uh, for that, but I, I am going to have to cut out of here a little bit early tonight. Uh, I, I thank you very much for stopping by. Sorry I wasn't more interactive. I was uh, kind of focused on making sure I hit all my bullet points tonight. Um, this is... Uh, this is the important stuff. This is the important stuff. This is the stuff that I need you to share and tell other people about and, and get out there. You know, I can I can come out and, and tell my stories and, and do my anecdotes and, and try to teach about generalities all night long. But this information right here is what is going to make the difference between whether or not we win or lose in November. And by we, I mean all of us. Because if Bernie Sanders is not elected president this November, we all lose, whether we know it or not. So, uh, thanks a lot for watching. I really do appreciate y'all stopping in, and I will be back tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great night.
Hey everybody, thanks for watching. As you know, I am here every Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern live on YouTube. And you can see the uh, list of folks here off to my right of uh, legacy supporters. And your name can also be part of that list. Uh, please check out my Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash johnhenry or my website at johnhenry.us for more information on how you can help support independent media, improve the work I'm doing, and uh, help me get out into the world and get some of these other big projects done. Uh, thank you very much once again and have a great evening.